time. It's time to get back to the Matt Wyatt Show. Live in the studio. All right, let's do it. Hour two off and running. I'm Matt in the Bureau, the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio. Farm Bureau Insurance, go! With the home team. They are your home team at Farm Bureau Insurance all across the great state of Mississippi. Uh, here in hour two, we're going to continue the conversation. In just a couple of minutes, we'll get a chance to catch up with Mr. Rose Bowl himself, Steve Robertson. From 24-7 Sports and Jeans Page. Everything goes according to plan. We'll get Steve on the phone and kind of talk about some of this stuff and how it landed with him, some of his thoughts on it. That's coming up. Also in this hour, if you would like a couple of free tickets, a pair of free tickets to Mississippi State's game against Tennessee tonight, you know, this is the final weekend of the regular season, so all of the uh, series are starting tonight. So it's a Thursday, Friday, Saturday weekend. And I've got a couple of free tickets, good seats, close to the dugout uh, to give away. And we're going to give those away here in hour two. I'll find some trivia and we'll hit you with the question and you can text me the answer and and we'll, we'll do that. So uh, that's coming up. And more phone calls and reaction to this 24 hours of a slap fight. And again, I, the more I back away from it, look, I, I, I don't. I still feel that some of the things that Saban may have levied aren't actually true, like 100% true, saying this amount of money for this kid at Jackson State and then going every player, A&M bought every player in his recruiting class. And I think there's some falsehoods in that. Okay, but at the same time, I think there's a reason why he did it. There has to be. And... I don't know that he was necessarily saying it's super-duper illegal. He's just saying that they hadn't been doing it. And I think what Saban was doing was saying, we need to be doing it. Okay? And then you get this reaction this morning from Jimbo Fisher, and he's just completely off his rocker, it seems like. It was just, I mean, just, I mean, just lit into Saban. Make no mistake that after he said A&M paid everybody and after he said Jackson State gave a million dollars to this kid, Nick Saban told the whole crowd in Birmingham to, y'all get your pocketbooks out. Now, I know that we're going to lose recruits because somebody else is going to be willing to pay them more. Um, but name, image, and likeness is something that's here. And I think the more supporters that we have for the University of Alabama in all sports right, that are willing to sponsor players, whatever you want to call it, use them in your business to help your business, that's going to help our programs. <laughs> sponsor players, whatever, that'll help us. Just reminding y'all. Carlos texted and said the crowd of Birmingham businessmen Saban was speaking to last night needs to be taken into context. He was basically telling the people he was speaking to they are about to come up off of their pocketbooks in order to keep up. Carlos, I think we are starting to drill down on what, what started all this. Let's go to the phone, Divinity Equipment phone line. Jimmy, hanging on line one of the Divinity phone. What's up, Jimmy? Hey, Matt, how you doing? Just right. Hey, Matt, I have I still have several jobs, part-time jobs. One of my part-time jobs is the Senior Bowl every year for years. And I'll uh, sit in there with the different players and different families and do different things over the week's period of time. And... Um, one thing that I find interesting is, like, 
the nature of, of solicitation and trying to get these players to sign a contract with a particular NFL team. And you have their families that are on the other side of the player that are urging the player to sign the biggest, fattest, and the most money contract, no matter where it is. Because a lot of players, I've sat back there with Josh Allen, Baker Mayfield, Jalen Hurst, um, you know, Herbert uh, recently. Yeah. And and so these players are under a great uh, amount of stress and uh, pressure to make the right decision. And I got to tell you this, Matt, some of them never had a job in their entire life and they've just played football. Mm-hmm. Right. Some of them are not the brightest guys in the world, but they're good people and they have good family. And I don't see how you can take these kids that are in high school and and groom them with millions and, and million, thousands of dollars uh, and expect them to succeed all the time because they are not used to this type of pressure. They've never had this amount of money. They've never had a job, maybe. And they're completely uh, taken uh, uh, away from academics, the, the college uh, atmosphere, and now it becomes a money situation. So my question to you today is, is do you think this is a good idea and should there be caps or limits on the amount of money? And I'll, and I'll ask you this one last quick question. Arch Manning, do you think he could get 20, 30, 40, 50 million in endorsements before he gets to college? Yeah. You know, uh, it's a good question. I think that, that's a huge number, Jimmy. Just in reality, okay, that's a humongous number. Uh, and so you're talking about the kind of endorsement money that, you know, some NFL players would love to have. And so that that kind of endorsement money does not flow unless there is a real serious solid return on that invest that marketing investment. Like if I if I have a company and I spend let's say 15 to 20 million dollars in an endorsement deal with Dak Prescott, then millions of people are going to see my product and I'm probably going to get something out of it because He's a pro athlete. We can follow him wherever he goes, and we can do whatever we want to do. It's a it's a whole different thing, even with somebody like Arch Manning. I mean, I, as huge a name as he is, Jimmy, I still think people need to understand, like, there's no bigger name out there in the recruiting world for high school kids right now than Arch Manning and just the last name, let alone the first one. Okay. Well, look, go – if you could poll, just poll sports fans – coast to coast nationwide and and ask them you know who's more recognizable who they know more about who's find out who people recognize just the general public who they recognize more is it Dak Prescott or Arch Manning is it you know let's be honest is it um you said it Justin Herbert with the charge is it just is it Joe Burrow or Arch Manning I mean those are that's NFL numbers endorsement doing 20 30 million dollars so i still think which some proof in the pudding there is that that's real marketing money this name image and likeness stuff is not real marketing it's not what it is okay 
You've heard some of what I think, and we've gotten to hear some of what you think via text and phone call. Let's see what somebody else thinks. On the Divinity Equipment phone line, Divinity Equipment, Madison and in Jackson, your Kubota dealer, the oldest Kubota dealer in the U.S., in fact, means that Divinity's been doing it better longer than anyone else right here at home. And on the phone is Steve Robertson from 24-7 Sports and Jeans Page. Steve, welcome in on this Thursday. And I'm just going to start you off, buddy, with when you when you either went to bed or woke up this morning to Nick Saban's comments last night in Birmingham, out just kind of out in the open. How'd that land on you? Well, actually, uh, I was still awake when that all began to, to break. And, it, you know, I guess in some ways I shouldn't have been, but I was a little bit taken aback about how maybe specific yeah. some of this was. I mean, there's a lot of times, you know how it is, Matt. I mean, people get in press conferences and there's all this innuendo and, and you know, half speak. And, and Saban just comes out and says that hey, they bought every player on their team, you know, um, I'm actually writing a piece about it right now. I mean, this isn't Steve Spurrier saying, hey, you can't spell Florida Citrus without UT. You know what I'm saying? It's not him rubbing Phil Fulmer's nose in their superiority on the football field. You've got two of the highest profile profile coaches in the game accusing each other of NCAA violations at a public forum. It's almost unprecedented that we're seeing this happen. Right. (laughs) And And – I did not plan this to like throw this at you at the beginning of our conversation, Steve, but just stream of consciousness here right before we came back from the break. Something I heard struck me, and I looked up the NCAA mission statement. (laughs) And the NCAA mission statement says, our purpose is to govern competition in a fair, safe, equitable, and sportsmanlike manner and to integrate intercollegiate athletics into higher education so that, and here's the key, the educational experience of the student-athlete is paramount. That's the current mission statement of the NCAA. And I'm just, when you hear that, I, it strikes me as we're living in a world where the reality could not be farther up, yeah, east to west from the actual mission statement. Am I, am I blowing it out of proportion? Shoot me straight. You're absolutely not. And I actually wrote basically that same line of thinking here about a month ago. I looked up the mission statement myself, and the words that jumped out to me were fair and equitable. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Mark Emmerich and uh, the lackeys of the NCAA, they drugged their feet. I mean, we all knew at some point NIL legislation was coming. And they did nothing. They basically expected the federal government to bail them out. They have it. And now we have this hodgepodge deal where I think 26 states have an NIL law, and they're all different. There are some that are somewhat similar. So basically, and thankfully, the legislators in the state of Mississippi made changes to our current law because, you know, state Ole Miss, Southern Miss, they were not on a level playing field. They could not participate in NIL discussions, whereas some other states could. And so that way, hey, and Lane Kiffin, Mike Leach sit down with the kid. They said, well, you know, you Coach, what are you going to give me NLIWAs? Well, we can't give you anything, but, um, you know, good luck with that. You know, whereas some other schools could sit down, head coach, and say, okay, listen, this is our NIL coordinator. Here is the guy that's going to represent you. We've already secured this deal. This particular company wants to work with you. And so it's it's very much an uncompetitive situation for schools that don't have 
the ability to do that. And so what we need is a national protocol to level the playing field. What is fair and equitable about what we're dealing with now? Absolutely nothing. Right. That's exactly right. Steve Robertson on your radio right now. And it feels like we would need about an hour to really hash into what might be the solution down the road, Steve. But I want to go back to everything that came out. We've had some folks, and I even kind of fall into this category too. I lean this way that there's Saban, he's not, he doesn't go and like have a cocktail and get loose at these things. He's too smart for that. And if he, he knows if he says something that can blow up, he knows it ahead of time. And some people feel like this was Saban basically saying, hey, look, this is what's happened out there. And if you support us, you need to come up off your money so that we can get aggressive. Did you take it that way? Well, you know, I think you could certainly, you know, buy into that line of thinking. You know, it's funny, though, and I know you probably got some Alabama fans listening to the show, uh, but poor Alabama, right? I mean, it's, <laughs> it's like you begin to think to yourself. It's like, you know, I mean, it almost comes off a little bit, not a little bit, but it's, it's very petty. It's like, okay, we finished number two, and these guys are cheating. I mean, it's like everybody's accused Alabama of that, you know, with or without merit, you know, over the years. And, uh, you know, I joke about Steve Spurrier said, you know, I never signed a player from Alabama, but we found out later that our scholarships weren't worth as much as theirs. You know, and so, <laughs> um, you know, those things are all part of it, too. But here's the thing that I go back to. You know, we talk about the squeaky wheel gets the grease. Okay, well, you got the squeakiest wheel in all of college football right now mm. in Nick Saban bringing this dialogue to the public. Right now, this is all anybody's talking about. Everybody loves college football is talking about, man, can you believe this? And they're picking sides. Jimbo's right. Nick's right. Well, here's the thing. You're both wrong. Okay, this is the wrong way to go about it. Right. But I do appreciate the fact the dialogue is uh, – is getting discussed, and then, of course, that leads to more media attention, which a lot of times leads to real change. But, you know, it's not a good look for the league to have two high-profile coaches out here, you know, trading barbs, you know, publicly. And, you know, A&M has a quickly assembled press conference today uh, to kind of respond to the allegations of Nick Saban, and I'm not going to question the wisdom of that. Everybody has the right to say whatever they want to say, but you know, this is the pickle that we're in. And, uh, you know, Greg Sankey and Julie Comer and, and uh, the people involved in the transformation committee have a near impossible job mm-hmm. kind of getting this name, image, and likeness mess sorted out. And the fact that there are 50 states now involved and 50 state governments involved, uh, it's going to be very complicated. I think we're going to have to have a national policy, whether that be with the federal government backing or the fact that all the member institutions agree to it. But something's got to change. And uh, I'm sure Greg Sankey and the fine folks in Birmingham, Alabama, are not happy about seeing this play out on a public stage like this. But my hope is perhaps it'll lead to some meaningful change where there is a more fair and equitable playing field for all member institutions. Mm -hmm. Steve Robertson on your radio. Steve, the word I, after watching the entire uh, Nick Saban presser, um, from last, I say presser, the interview from last night. The word I came away with was unfiltered. You know, again, I didn't think I wasn't. I didn't feel like I was watching a coach who was just off his rocker. He was just unfiltered. But watching Jimbo this morning, unhinged, is the word that I that just kept coming up. It was too much. It was too far. And I don't really know why, with a night to sleep on it before that 10 a.m. thing what purpose they felt like or he felt like he was going to serve by doing that. 
How did you perceive and uh, that presser today from Jimbo, and what was your take on it? Well, it's a. I hate to say it's about what I expected. I, I expected some of the, uh, maybe the denials. I mean, you expected that. I did not expect it to be quite so personal. And uh, there is clearly a personal beef between Nick Saban and Jimbo Fisher. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I think that is evident to anybody who has watched both of those videos. But, you know, to call Saban a narcissist and encourage journalists to go dig into his past or talk to any coach that's ever worked with him and talking about parody, you know, that just takes on a horse of a different color. That's no longer about name, image, and likeness. And that's not really about the 2022 recruiting cycle. You know, that's about a coach saying, you know what, this guy is dirty, and you guys have propped him up and called him the greatest of all times, and he's just a dirty, rotten cheater, and you bunch of lackeys ought to get on the phone and go write a story about that. Um, I don't know that we've seen that before. I mean, of course, you, you know how it is, Matt. You were in college athletics for a long time. You know, people say things behind the scenes, but if to have two coaches go out there and publicly make these charges against each other, it's just absolutely unprecedented. It absolutely is. We have not seen anything quite like that before. And um, yeah, I was just knocked back by it, you know, how personal it was from from Coach Fisher. And Steve, do you think you, you sort of touched on this a minute ago, so I, I may be teeing you up for a repeat here, but. You know, college football's got some issues already that has made it easy or easier for more fans to sort of loosen their connection to their team and their tie to the sport. It's easier to just kind of step away now than it ever was. You think this kind of thing hurts that even more? I think for the casual fan, it does. You know, I think that when you read it all the time on social media, people like, man, I. I'm getting out of this, especially on the football side. You know, I mean, the transfer portal, you know, Matt, when you came along, you know, if you transferred, you had to sit out a year. So it was very much an an impediment, you know I mean? But nowadays it's like, okay, you fall in love with a player. Like, hey, we're so glad we've got him. You watch him develop. And then all of a sudden he's in the portal. And so it's like, I think some fans out there are kind of keeping student athletes at kind of arm's length. Like, I don't want to, you know, fall in love with this guy or go buy a his jersey for my kids, knowing that he may be in the transfer portal at the end of the semester. I I think that is damaging to the fan perception of college athletics. And then when you see the name, image, and likeness stuff, and people are like, oh, there's always been money. Yeah, but not at this level. And the spirit of the rule is not being followed. And I think that's really, at the end of the day, when you cut all Nick Saban's comments back, that's the complaint, is where there was basically one rule that everybody said this absolutely cannot be you cannot use name image and likeness legislation as a recruiting enticement now we all laughed yeah. when we saw that you know because there's always ways around that you know it's like a coach matt wyatt sitting with my kid he's like you know what we can't talk about name image and likeness but uh you know, there's a card at the end of my desk maybe you pick that up with and you take it there's a way around that there's always a workaround but, you know, we've got the athletic and other media entities that have uncovered these deals that are six figures for high school kids. Mm. Six figures. Mm. And so, you know, it'd been nice if Matt Wyatt's dad you know, maybe could encourage all the aunts and uncles, hey, if you go buy his jersey, he can make a little money on that. You'll have a jersey. You can wear it to the games to support Matt. I mean, that's really what it was intended to do. Or, or you know, maybe the Prideville Chevrolet dealership wants to have you know, Matt Wyatt, the hometown hero, on their commercials. That's the spirit of the rule, not this working up these multi-million dollar collectives where you can basically buy players. And that's what's happening right now. That's Saban's complaint. 
and he believes apparently that uh, A&M is among the worst offenders. And so something's got to change. But I do think we've got to dial back the public rhetoric and maybe get into meeting rooms somewhere with people that can actually enact change uh, to make this thing come to fruition. Yeah. Steve, I really do appreciate some time. It's um, in my head still kind of spinning a little bit. There's a million different angles on it. I look forward to reading your piece on it. I try to do my best to go read them all at Gene's page, and I'll encourage our listeners to do that also. Thank you, buddy. Thank you. Take care. Yep. That's Steve Robertson. He is at Scout Steve R., and uh, you can read his work at Gene's page, 24-7 Sports. Um Yeah, what does it lead to? Does it have any impact? Positive, negative? Hmm. I don't know. And then long-term, what do they rein in? What are they allowed to rein in so that you can continue to have a competitive league? You know, another question on that front is, it's, it's easy to sit here and watch all this, and now you've got guys at the top of the sport like Saban and Jimbo Fisher going slap fight <laughs> uh, publicly about all this money and p- players getting paid because nobody knows who's in control. Nobody's really in control. And and to assume that it's going to lead to this an even bigger, wider Grand Canyon than we've already had, which we've had a Grand Canyon gap between the top programs and everybody else. And so it's easy to think that it's going to widen, that it's going to worsen, that the parity's going to worsen. But is it? I mean, that's my question. Hmm. I'm really interested to see what way. I, I, I can't figure it out. I'll try to during the commercial break. Right back after this. Stick around. At this time, we are proudly required to present, present more of the Matt Wyatt Show. We have another totally awesome episode for you today. Here we go. I'm going to give away some uh, tickets. I've got a pair of tickets for tonight's game. It's the series opener in Starkville between Mississippi State and Tennessee. And uh, what I've got to do here... Yeah, what I got to do here is figure out the best way to give them away. I think I may. Uh, I think I may have it here. Let's see, this 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22. Yeah, okay. So here you go. If you want to win two tickets, free, and I'll, what I'll do is I'll get a. Uh, an answer from you on the country pleasing text line. If you're the first to get this right, I'll get your cell phone number and we will text you the tickets. How about that? We will text you the tickets to your phone. A pair of tickets sitting down low tonight at Duty Noble Field for game one, Tennessee, Mississippi State. In the last five years, The Tennessee baseball program has had one player drafted in the first round. Who is it? And what year? 
In the last five years, the Tennessee baseball program has had one player drafted in the first round. That's about to change. But then in the last five, they had one player drafted in the first round. Tell me who it is and what year he was drafted in the first round. And if you're the first to get it right on the country, please, and text line, you get two tickets. Compliments of High Point Roasters Coffee in New Albany. High Point Roasters in New Albany, Mississippi. Check them out, highpointroasters.com. That's where I get all my coffee. And boy, do I drink a lot of coffee. (laughs) So who was Tennessee's only first-round baseball draft pick in the last University of Tennessee in the last five years? You tell me who it is, you'll get it. All right, uh, here we go. Over to the phone line, Divinity Equipment phone. Adam, hanging on line one. What's up, Adam? Didn't I tell you here a couple months ago when I called in that Nick Saban knew his days of being on the top as far as recruiting were going to be over with? Did you see him last night? said he didn't know how long he could maintain it. Mm -hmm. But here's my deal. When something ain't towards his advantage, why does he have to jump up and cry about it? I mean, the guy's had a phenomenal coaching career, better than anybody. Yeah. And to go after Deion Sanders, man, that ain't right, man. No, it's not. I mean, I, I wonder if he's racist, to be honest with you. Come on, Adam. You know better than that. I, I, I'm just joking, but I'm telling you, by the end of the week, they'll be screaming that on, on the radio show. <laughs> Mark my words. Uh, maybe they will, but it'll be... That's that will be ridiculous if they do. But okay, here's the thing though, Adam, and we've and thank you for your call. We've talked about this during the show today. Is I just keep going back to it. I'm telling you, the guy, as long as he's been coaching, it, stuff like this, where he will say something publicly that raises an eyebrow or two. It always seems to be a um, an intentional thing. Saban's just too smart to go out here and accidentally let something slip in front of a microphone. He just doesn't do that. I think he understands how he's manipulating things or how he might be able to or how he needs to play his cards. And so we were talking about that earlier going, you know, it's it's, it's not consistent with him to go, okay, well, he, he just let it rip last night and, and so if you take the approach, if you are trying to figure this out against the backdrop of the idea that Nick Saban is playing chess when everybody else is playing checkers, that's what you come away with is you go, okay, he's telling people, look, nobody can do anything about what already happened. I'm up here on a stage in Birmingham, Alabama to kick off. We're about to host the World Games, and this room is full of very wealthy Alabama fans. And I'm just going to come right out and tell them what other people are doing. And if you listen closely, we're going to have our own little call to action here that you need to help us out if you can. Uh, Somebody else is going to be willing to pay them more. Um, But name, image, and likeness is something that's here. And I think the more supporters that we have for the University of Alabama in all sports that are willing to sponsor players, whatever you want to call it, use them in your business to help your business. That's going to help our programs. If you want to do that, that'll help us. (laughs) 
Uh, let's see. We had a couple of get Tommy guessed the last first round draft pick in baseball for the Tennessee Vols within the last five years. They've had one in the last five years. No, that's not the right answer. Tommy didn't get it. Uh, True Maroon with a guess. You didn't get it. Nobody's gotten it yet. Got two tickets. I'll text you the tickets if you get the, the right answer to me. You might check that out. Yeah, and I, look, I, I get it that everybody may be sort of tired now of the story. I, I'm getting that way too, but let me just add this on there because it just came in here eight minutes ago. <sighs> this is so stupid. Good night. All right, here we go. Nine minutes ago from Ross Dellinger. For Sports Illustrated. Texas A&M Athletics Director Ross Bjork tells Sports Illustrated that Nick Saban's comments violate SEC sportsmanship bylaws and he has been in contact with Greg Sankey. Bjork calls the comments, quote, a personal attack. And suggests that Saban is, quote, lashing out because he's threatened. End quote. This is personal. What? I mean, I, I've got no reason to defend Nick Saban. I'm not even trying to defend it. But I didn't hear anything personal in what he said. He didn't say one thing that was personal. He didn't say one thing that was personal. This is the A&M AD, Ross Bjork, saying this is personal. Bjork called the comments from Saban a personal attack. Not even close. It wasn't anything personal about it. You've read about them. You know who they are. I mean, we were second in recruiting last year. A&M was first. A&M bought every player on their team. Made a deal for name, image, and likeness. All right, we didn't buy one player. All right, but I don't know if we're going to be able to sustain that in the future because more and more people are doing it. I mean, he never, it was not personal even in the least. And, you know, meanwhile, what was personal was the A&M coach in his response. It's amazing. Some people think they're God. Go dig into how God did his, his deal. You may find out about, about a guy that a lot of things you don't want to know. We built him up to be the czar of football. Go dig into his past. I mean, that's personal, and you've got the A&M AD out here giving a quote to Sports Illustrated that Saban's comments were personal. I mean, I'm telling you, that you you got to be kidding me, Ross Bjork. Personal? You can't find anything personal in Saban's comments. He said A and M. That's more than one person. <laughs> I mean, the only thing that could even sort of be personal was he talked about one player at Jackson State. Hell, read about it in the paper. 
I mean, Jackson State paid a guy a million dollars last year that was a really good Division I player to come to school. It was in the paper, and they bragged about it. Nobody did anything about it. <laughs> I mean, it's just – but anything regarding – I mean, Saban never said Jimbo. He never even referenced the coach. He just didn't. He just said A&M. Okay, and then everybody knows – it's not like Jimbo Fisher wrote all these guys a check. It ain't personal. He's talking about what they did as a program. And you've got the A&M AD. Not only has apparently contacted Greg Sankey about sportsmanship bylaws, but says that Saban's comments were a personal attack and he's lashing out because he feels threatened and this is personal. Good gracious alive. Now, what is Ross talking about? Really? What's he talking about? This has gone from, okay, this has gone from unfiltered last night to unhinged this morning to completely bonkers this afternoon. It's crazy, man. Y'all stick around. All right, uh, on the ticket giveaway for tonight's Mississippi State-Tennessee baseball game, pair of tickets down there close to the dugout, I'm declaring True Maroon the winner, okay, because we didn't get the right answer. <laughs> Nobody got the right answer on the country pleasing text line, country pleasing sausage on grocery store shelves throughout the Southeast. It is the best sausage. That's my opinion. You try it. It might be your opinion, too. You can get it at Walmart. You can get it online, countrypleasing.com. Lots of other goodies if you go by the butcher shop on Highway 49 in Florence. Anyway, he texts me an answer. I was trying to give him away. The trivia was, in the last five years, Tennessee has had one first-round pick in baseball. Who is it? And nobody got it. The correct answer was back in 2020, Garrett Crochet. Garrett Crochet, left-handed pitcher, went in the first round of the White Sox. And uh, that's her only first-rounder in the last five years. But True Maroon did try to guess, and he's the only one who did send me the name of a Tennessee first-round pick. In fact, it was their next-to-last first-round pick. Back in 2016, Nick Senzel. So since he was so close and actually did send me a Tennessee... First rounder. <laughs> I have decided that he'll get the ticket since nobody actually got the right answer. So, True Maroon, you want them, you got them. Let me know and I'll get the uh, tickets text to you. Compliments of High Point Roasters Coffee, 
High Point Roasters in New Albany, Mississippi. Check them out, highpointroasters.com. Look, seriously, order your coffee there. That's what I do. I've done that before. You just go online. Lots of different blends and flavors and, you know, roasts. And just pick what you want. Get them in a one-pound bag or whatever and order it. And they'll ship it right to your house. And you are cooking with gas. Got it? Yeah, uh, they've had a lot of draft picks at Tennessee. They're going to have a bunch. We know that much. In fact, last year in the 21 draft, you know, they were a College World Series team last year. They had seven players drafted. The The highest draft pick for Tennessee last year was the pitcher, Chad Dallas. He went in the fourth round. Um, in 20, they had Crochet. He went in the first. Then you go back to 2016 was the last. Prior to that, the next to last first rounder, Nick Senzel with the Reds. And he's already up, been up. So there you go. They've had some first-rounders over the years. They're fixing to have some more. I do believe they are about to have some more. Yeah, and look, I'm going to jump to the phone here, but uh, just before we went to break, I was telling you the the, the comments that were uh, put out here. Ross Dellinger interviewed. Ross Dellinger is with Sports Illustrated, and he interviewed Ross Bjork, the athletics director at A&M, and I'm just, I hate, it's, oh gosh, it's going to come across as critical, but I'm just telling you, these are the, these are the, you just will not read more stupid comments from anybody in the sports world today than this stuff you will read from Ross Bjork. He would have been much better off just talking to Ross Dellinger off the record. Instead of saying this stuff and good Lord of living, excuse my language there, uh, Ross Dellinger, this is a personal attack. Saban is lashing out because he's threatened. This is personal. He said, quote, I don't know why Nick Saban would say what he said, except he's threatened. There is a saying, an emperor who loses their dynasty lashes out. I guess people don't like A&M disrupting the power base of college football. Well, my goodness. According to Ross Bjork, going 4-4 four and four in the SEC, losing to State and Ole Miss, winning eight ball games and having one good recruiting class is disrupting the power base of college football. Good gracious alive, Ross. Just shut it. You're better off, buddy. Just being quiet. I guess the same could be said for me, too. All right, back over to the phone line. Divinity Equipment phone. Divinity Equipment, Madison and in Jackson. Paul, back on the phone. We talked to Paul at the beginning of the show, and now we'll talk to him at the end. Paul, what's up? I'm going to have to tell you that Beaver told me that he was sick and tired of y'all's uh, show today. He said, "I have to ask him if I'm telling the truth." <laughs> I know that said, I know that think, Beaver is tired said, of the name, image, and likeness. Of it, I'm sick of it. <laughs> but I'll also ask you: Why would you ever expect to hear anything knowledgeable out of Ross York? <laughs> And do you know why we as Ole Miss fans are so glad to have Keith Carter and have that guy shipped off to Texas? Major upgrade for you 
Ain't no question. Major upgrade. Major upgrade. But anyway, uh, I'll let you guys go. But anyway, <laughs> you need to change the subject matter because people okay. are sick of it. Okay. You, you, thank you, Paul. And I will say this. Okay, look, if if it's kind of like you know your your friends versus a stranger, you know, like if a stranger comes up and says, "Hey, man, uh, I don't like your outfit. I don't like what you're wearing. You need to change." You're like, whatever. But you know, if your friend comes up and goes, "Hey, man, you know I love you. You need to change shirts," <laughs> you're more likely to change it, right? Beaver. Hey, Matt White. If Paul calls in the show and says, I don't like this, I'm like, whatever. But if you come in after two hours and go, hey, Matt, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not saying that I would ever do anything to sabotage your show, Matt, but you might want to change subjects because of the implications. <laughs> Nice. Well done, Matt Wyatt. <laughs> well done. Well done. <clears throat> uh, no, 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 no. First off, let's be real clear here. I, yeah, okay, I tend to get sick of a story real quick. <laughs> but here's the thing. Yes, I'm tired of this story. I did not say anything about Matt Wyatt needs to shut up. <laughs> because here's the thing. I've got three more hours of this. Three to six. Oh, my goodness. With Jake and you know... That's going to be probably the entire show. But here's the thing. Here's where Paul is absolutely 100% wrong, and he has been since his first call. It's foolish to say, I don't know why you're talking about this. Okay, because we are a sports talk radio show. Mm -hmm. Jackson, Mississippi, are what we love is the SEC. Right. This is the absolute biggest story in the sec and res dog of all people put it perfectly in hour one he said sports are about entertainment and this is entertainment <laughs> why in the world would we not talk about that? exactly and and to pile on beaver just a honest guess here outside of mississippi state and old miss fans in the jackson metro in this area this market if if State and Ole Miss are some version of one and two in terms of the numbers of fans who listen, who do you think is the third biggest fan base that we have in this area? I would I would say that it's probably Alabama. Mm -hmm. Wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah. A lot of closet Alabama fans, yeah, too. Right. Because they want to pretend that, you know, mm. maybe they get pressure. Maybe they say, I'm sick of the dynasty, too. No. Yeah. It's like the Cowboys – in the NFL, you hate them, you hate the dynasty and all that business, but man, it's a dynasty. Patriots, all that business. Sure. That's an interesting, I don't know how we could ever poll that and feel like we've got the right cross-section, but you know, okay, obviously in this state and in this area, state and Ole Miss are one and two, and, and, and we're not arguing which one's one, which one's two in terms of size of fan base. That's not the argument. We just know they are one and two. Would then, in terms of SEC fan bases, the third biggest, would it be Alabama fans? I Because I can't think that LSU fans would outnumber the Alabama fans around here. That would be my closest guess. Is it? it would be LSU or Alabama. Yeah. And, I, you know, you're going to have a lot of the bandwagon for Bama 
So that might put it over the top. Right. I got you. Other than that, I'd say LSU. Say LSU. Yeah. And I, you know, I run into Auburn fans. Robbie just texted us WDE. Here's another thing. Uh, how come in all of our catchphrase, um, what do we call them? School fight song ish type greetings that we have. How come everybody has to include a curse word, Beaver? <laughs> oh, yeah. That's right. You put one in the middle of War Eagle, you put one in the middle of Roll Tide. Yeah. yeah. You know, if we carry out the hotty toddy, we're in, we got them, we got them there. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't want your kids standing up and saying hotty toddy in church on Sunday. You know, just, I guess do it on Saturday, but not Sunday. Is that how we do this? <laughs> it's good that I can make myself laugh, Beaver. I don't, I never know if I make anyone else laugh, but it's good to know that I can make myself laugh. Fun show today. Fun show. The only negative to this show today, the only drawback is that. We didn't. <laughs> is that we didn't let Beaver talk enough, <clears throat> and, and these rare opportunities. Well, Beaver, have a good afternoon. Tell Jake I said howdy ho, and uh, all of y'all will be back with you tomorrow, same time, same place, here in the Bureau, the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio, Farm Bureau Insurance. Go with the home team. See you tomorrow.